Yeah, good morning, everyone. It's my joy to introduce Tetsi to you, who, uh, if you don't know him, many of you uh, do know him. Tetsi is a great friend of mine. Uh, I love his church in Bulgaria almost as much as I love you lot. Um, yeah, they're a great church, and um, over the years, I've uh, come to know this young man really well. I've known him about seven years. He grew up in Mesra, which is a small town in the, the northwest region of I've gone quiet here. Northwest region of uh, Bulgaria, um, and he has stayed in that uh, that area. Uh, he could have had job opportunities elsewhere. Elsewhere, <laughs> this uninterrupted flow here, isn't there? Um, but he stayed in Mesra, and uh, he became a Christian. He found Jesus, which revolutionised his life. The end of his teens. Uh, and he was discipled in the church. When I met him, he was the assistant pastor. He's now the pastor of this beautiful church in, in, in Mesra. We spent the week together at a European leaders' conference, and we had some great fun together, had some good food together, heard some wonderful testimonies and um, some great teachings. So we've had the week together. He's desperate to see his wife tomorrow when he goes back. What else can I say? Tetsi has translated literally hours, I think, of my speaking in Bulgaria. Um, so I was wondering whether I would translate for him to this morning. <laughs> Didn't know how that was going to work. Um, I maybe preach one sermon and he preach another one. But we, anyway, so we discounted that. What I love about Tetsi, though, is I can speak face to face with this man. So many people, <laughs> so many people... It's like this. So it's great to have a friend who you can speak face-to-face -face with. Yeah, so can we welcome Tetsi and hear what he's got to say to us? Thank you, Duncan. Hey, it's very nice to be here again. And uh, it's always a pleasure when I come and to, to see you. And we are glad about our friendship that we have together and partnership in the gospel. Um, and thank you for praying for us. Uh, regularly, Duncan calls and asks what we can pray for you, what we can pray for you at some point. Uh, so thank you. We really appreciate that, your prayers, uh, your help. And when uh, Duncan comes, other people come, and uh, we have seminars together and um, do things together in our country, in our region. So it's a big blessing. It's a big blessing. So I'm so privileged to be here among you and so happy to be part of this big family. Um, Duncan is my manager these days and uh, he's taking very good care of me, looking after me very well. He has to because next month he's coming to Bulgaria. <laughs> so he's careful what seeds he is sowing. <laughs> but he's always like that. Thank you, thank you, Simon, uh, for the welcome atmosphere and that I can be here. Uh, I can tell you, church, that you're blessed with very good leaders, with very pastoral hearts, um, people that love God and love you and love people. And this is, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. So listen to them <laughs> and encourage. If anyone is not already part of the life of the church, join and be part of this wonderful work of God. Um, good. I, I asked Duncan, shall I say a joke or something? Because, you know, it's different. Uh, we live in different cultures, and uh, sometimes uh, you, you don't know uh, 
what is uh, okay to say in public in our country is is not good, like in Germany or in England. Uh, and for us, it's very fast change because for you go uh, at the airport, take the plane, and in three hours you are in totally different lifestyle and way of thinking, culture. Uh, so um, I told him one joke. He said, "This is more personal." Uh, to, to say, so I left it. Uh, yeah, I feel very restricted, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's fine. But I, I remember uh, something, uh, it's making fun of Bulgarians, us, so I will feel free to say it. There were three people, it was um, uh, Jack with the one eye, you know, uh, Robin Hood, and a Bulgarian guy. And they uh, they wanted to show their um, skills shooting uh, with with a bow. You say bow, yeah. Uh, and so they put one person with an apple on the top of his head, and Jack came, pulled the the bow, sh shot the arrow exactly in the apple, and said, "I'm Jack, the, the one eye." Yeah. Then Robin Hood came. Shoot it right in the apple. Said, I'm Robin Hood. Then the Bulgarian came, shoot, and hit the arrow right uh, here, the center of the head of the person, and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I say something the, uh, uh, this morning, um, uh, something strange, uh, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So this morning, uh, I want to share something that is in my heart, something that God is leading us uh, for this year. And when I shared with uh, Duncan, he said this is something that is also in our hearts uh, for a priority, something that you will pray for. I heard this about relationship with God and seeking the face of God. So this is something that um, is in my heart, and I would like to to share about it this morning. Uh, it's very important for us to have relationship with God because this is what we were created for. We were created for the presence, to live in the presence and in the glory, in the glory of God. When, when God created everything, uh, everything that he created, he put it in uh, a certain uh, environment. Everything had its place where to grow. Uh, plants have roots in the soil, fish in the water. When God created man, he, he didn't just put them somewhere. God created an environment for the, for the people, for man. It was the Garden of Eden. It was where uh, the person had to, the people had to uh, dwell, to communicate with God, to have fellowship, relationship with God. And, of course, yeah, to rule over the world, to uh, be fruitful and, and multiply. But they had a place where to, uh, to receive life and strength and power and wisdom and everything. And from there on, to, to do what they were called also to do. So this is, this is our uh, environment, God's presence. And we know that uh, when, uh, when man sinned after the fall, we know that... Uh, and the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, uh, after the fall, we know that we, the people, the, the, the race of men, uh, fall short of the glory of God. We, we lost that connection. We lost that presence of God. Uh, but praise God, Jesus came to restore this. Jesus came to, to bring us back to our state, to our status in the glory of God, in the glory, in the, in the presence uh, of God. And not just one day. Of course, one day when, uh, when Jesus comes or when we leave this earth, uh, yes, we will live for eternity in the presence, in the glory of God. But also while we are here on this earth to have relationship with him, to have his presence. And it's not just something that we can touch or feel sometimes like a little drip. Jesus says, said, who, who loves me and keeps my words, me and my Father, we will come and we will dwell in him. So it's uh, we in him and he in us. So he wants to fill us and to cover us with his presence and with his glory. So the, the heart and the desire of God to be with us is uh, stronger than ours. Sometimes we, we do something wrong, we feel guilty, and we behave like Adam, uh, Adam and Eve. We want to, to hide. And, but God says, yeah, this is wrong. But you repent, I forgive, I want to be with you. I want to live with you. I want to live in you. So this is, uh, this is the love, the grace of God. So while we live on this earth, we can have relationship with, with our God. Uh, sometimes uh, we, as Christians, uh, people say, you Christians are very intolerant people because you say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, like we heard earlier, Jesus not just came to show us the Father, he made a way to the Father, and he is the way to the Father. Uh, and when we preach somewhere and we say Jesus is the way, people say, oh, this is not... This is uh, discrimination. But if you, if you study and see in the different religions, you see that they don't claim that they know the way. <laughs> uh, and who is God? Where is him? He's very distant if there is God. It's feeling. Um, uh, there is paradise full of food, full of uh, uh, beautiful maidens, or in different religions, where is that God? And which is the way. So it's the religions itself, they don't show you, say they have the way. So we are not saying something wrong. So Jesus is the way. He made a way to the Father so we can know him. So we can have personal relationship with him. We heard also earlier, I, I am so happy and encouraged that we are uh, like in, in, in one mind, in, in the spirit of the, in the Holy Spirit, how He leads us this morning, that we are children of God. And this is the best, the highest state, the highest position that we can have, a child of God, a son of God, heir of God, co-heir of God with Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know how it is here in England, but in Bulgaria we have uh, many um, preachers or leaders of churches who... who uh, fight uh, for titles, apostle, to be called an apostle, because they think that this is like um, uh, more valuable, 
they will have more praise of people, uh, praise of men, and things like this. Uh, some want to call themselves ambassadors of the kingdom because it sounds more with more authority and fight for titles and for names. But the highest position that we can have is a son of God, a child of God. And when we realize it, this will bring peace to our hearts. So we don't uh, fight for positions, but we just take responsibility wherever we do. Either someone is a prophet or is just serving coffee. It doesn't mean that when he's serving coffee, he cannot prophesy. But uh, either you do something in the front or you're in the back. You will never be seen from people. You have peace in your heart. Why? Because you are loved. You enjoy your relationship with God. You know, I'm a child of God. What is more than that? So this is really important to, to understand and to seek to develop relationship with our God. Our God is personal God. He's, he's person. He communicates. He hears. He speaks. He leads. He loves. He corrects. He knows the way. He has good thoughts for us. He wants to pour out his presence every day in our life afresh. Like in the psalm, the psalmist uh, says, uh, in the morning, I will be anointed with fresh uh, oil, or whatever is the English word. Uh, this is the Holy Spirit to wake up in the morning, to be, with, uh, to be anointed, to be filled, refreshed from the presence of God. Um, so why, why seeking God? Why is God lost? So we seek Him somewhere? Um, sometimes we uh, even say, well, I'm with God. Of course I'm with God. I didn't renounce my faith. I didn't reject Jesus. Of course. And his name is Emmanuel. He's, he's with us. This is his name. Huh. Yeah, of course. But uh, have you realized that it's not until you start seeking something to see that you are not sure where it is exactly? Oh, this cable. Yeah, yeah it's there. Just go and get it. But I can't find it. Oh, I'll come and help you. Ah, I thought I left it here. Do you remember the, the story with Jesus when he was 12 years old? And um, he went with his parents to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate. And when they were on the way home, they, uh, they were looking for him, thinking that he is with the group. He says, ah, he's here. Well, of course, oh, our son, our son, he's here, I'm sure. Uh, we are not irresponsible parents. Uh, and they were looking for him, and they found him three days later. <laughs> so uh, it, this, this could be in our life. Yeah, of course, I'm with God. Yeah, everything's all right. It's cool. Yeah. But when it's not until we uh, really start taking this personal time with him, and like Rob encouraged uh, for, for this time of prayer that will come, where we start to wait on God and seek God, and we see that uh, we recognize our, that we become passive, uh, superficial in our relationship with God, um, that we become lukewarm, that we kind of drift away. Uh, it's, it's not about um, renouncing our faith, but still we find out that there is more for, from God in us. And this is our attitude that we, we need to have in our hearts. There's even more. There's even more. Thank you, Lord, for yesterday. 
But yesterday is in, is in the past. This is history. But today, Lord, you have something fresh for me. Today you want to lead me. Today you want to love me. Today you want me uh, to, you want to use me. Today you want to touch my heart, to change me, to work in me, to work through me. Uh, and we realize that there are things that can be changed. Um, and that we need to get closer to God. In, in Revelation, uh, when Jesus said a message to the church in Ephesus, uh, he says, well, we, I know your work. You're working hard. You, you didn't renounce your faith. <laughs> uh, you understand doctrines. I paraphrase now. Uh, you, you smell the heresy. You say, oh, this is, this is false teaching. No, no, no. Well, apostle, prophets, you're false. No, you're wolves. Uh, but he says, there's something wrong. And this is that you have lost your first, your first love. So they are active church, growing church, um, doing things, uh, know the, the doctrine, the teachings, the truth, which is important, but something in their personal relationship with Jesus was, was not okay. And Jesus, because of that, he says, remember when you, uh, where you have fallen and repent. To, to go lukewarm, to go passive and be superficial in our relationship with God is something that we need to, to repent, something we need to correct. Uh, I don't know if you have this in England, but in Bulgaria, uh, there, there's, it's not Bulgarian, it's from outside this way of teaching and believing that once you repent, you, know, you, you cannot sin anymore. Whatever you do, even if you do something that is sin, died already, uh, uh, Jesus already died for this, so you just go with the flow. It, you don't care. It's just grace, brother. Uh, but we see that in our personal relationship with God, if we go cold, this is something we need to repent. It's for repentance. And it's so important, and God values that so much, that Jesus says, if you don't do that, I'll give you time. <laughs> but if you don't do that, I will come and lift your lampstand from, from its, its place. Which is, the lampstand is the church. Well, Jesus is really serious about, about this. And we need to get serious also. It doesn't mean to become afraid of oh, what will happen for me now. But... When we see God, we will see how, what we need to change in our lives, to, uh, to build up good habits, to stop bad habits, and to draw near and near to, to Jesus, to love him more, to be in, in fire for him. And uh, in, in this way, we will know him more because he, he reveals himself to us. And in our church, we began that, uh, that year, we had um, uh, three weeks of, of fast and prayer uh, just to, to, to seek God. Uh, so for every day of the week, there were different people fasting and praying and, uh, and seeking the, the, the face of God. Uh, and some, some people from the church asked me when I started talking about this, that we will do it, uh, what we will pray for, what are the, what are the points uh, and, of course, we can pray for many things. 
We need many things. And God said, ask. Jesus said, ask. It will be given. No problem. We can pray for everything. But I told them, okay, we'll pray mainly for one thing. Seeking the face of God. To seek relationship with Him. Uh, because uh, also in Bulgaria, many, many Christians think that uh, fasting is a, is a way to, uh, it's a hunger strike. You know? uh, it's a way to twist God's hand. I need to, to do good with my exam and I'll fast today and God will have pity on me and He will help me or He will heal me or He will provide for me. But it's like we are threatening God. God, I will starve to death if you don't do something. But actually when we fast, we realize that we are the threatened ones because we realize if I don't see God, if I don't follow Him, if I don't learn to abide in Him, I will die. <laughs> I will drift away from him. I don't want this. I love him. He loves me. So I see him. And um, uh, probably, probably in England you have this. Many, many people uh, in our churches, in also outside of the church, think uh, about God like for the, the golden fish that you catch and you have desires and he fulfills. Uh, and uh, one of the signs for people uh, that God is okay with their life and everything is if their needs are provided. I mean, good health. I have job. Kids are okay. Um, my needs are met. So God is pleased with my life. But this is not sign for for spirituality, or uh, it, it's not. It doesn't mean necessary that God is pleased in, in, in our ways. Uh, like in the Old Testament, Israel had. Miraculous things from God, provision, pancakes from heaven falling. Can you imagine? You, you don't have to do breakfast. Just open your window and with the pen, just grab it. Come on, kids. It's ready. Water from the rock and these clouds in the night, in the day. This is miraculous. Sometimes we can envy that and say, whoa, they had more miracles than, than we do. But at the same time, the Bible tells us that for 40 years, in most of them, God wasn't pleased. He provided, but he wasn't pleased. Just like um, I provide for my children. Uh, I love them, but I'm not pleased always with what they want and what they do. This is also a um, social, ethical, moral issue in our century about love. If you, don't, if you disagree on some topic, you're not loving uh, and uh, there was one debate, one Christian and one atheist, and uh, it, it was, uh, the title was, Does God acquires, Requires Approval? And the Christian asked the other guy in the beginning of the debate, uh, so, uh, are you going to agree with everything I say today? And he said, no. And he said, well, you lost the debate. Let's go home then. <laughs> yeah. So, God loves us. He provides us. He cares for us, of course. Uh, but there are other things to look for as signs that, okay, this is the will of God. This is good. This is good for me. It's not that just God is demanding something on us. You do this. Uh, and that in set of rules, but relationship. Where we can, we, we seek him and we want to spend time with him. And even when we finish our quiet, quiet time, or maybe it could be noisy time in prayer, and with the word, 
and you, we go to school, we go to, to work or wherever, uh, to continue abiding in Him. This is something that I want to learn and build in my life. This abiding. Uh, not just like, uh, okay, I have one, one hour this morning, I'm finished. Until tomorrow morning. No, no. I have to stay on the vine and to, to have more and more of His life. Amen? Um, so, one question is really important. Do we really want God himself uh, before anything else? As I already said, and the Bible says that for everything we can pray and we should pray. For everything. Prayer covers all of our lives. We can pray for health, for provision, uh, yeah, for healing, uh, healing, for wisdom, uh, for job, for uh, house for wherever we need, for the ministry and everything. But uh, this is important question. Are we ready to stay just with God, even without anything else? Uh, because it's easier to, to want what is God's, what belongs to God, but without Him. The healing, but not the healer. We had a lady in our town, uh, it was in the summer, she came to the church with a little baby, it was 40, 40 days, uh, and she said, uh, he doesn't sleep in the night, since we move in that house, outside, it's quiet, sleeping, she went on different places searching for help, um, and she, we are somewhere in the list, maybe the last, um, and she came, well, what we need to do, what we pay, what, what, it's paid already. We would just pray. And we prayed for this baby. And there were weeks, months, I haven't seen her. And I saw her one day. I said, hey, hello, how are you doing? Oh, very good. How's the baby? Sleeping all night, everything's fine. Okay, why don't you come to church and hear about Jesus? And you're very busy. But sometimes we are like this in, in church. We want what is God's, but without Him. This is a dangerous state. <laughs> uh, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they, and political leaders, they, they wanted the kingdom without the king. That's why Jesus told them this uh, parable about the owner of the vineyard. When they killed all the messengers and they said, oh, this is the heir, let's kill him, and it will belong to us. Ah, it doesn't work that way. If you want the kingdom, first you, you, need, you need the king. And this is his kingdom. So, uh, salvation, but the, the savior. Um, and uh, this, is very, this is very important for us. Psalm 17, I read from verses 13 to 15. These are words of King David praising, Lord, uh, praising the Lord, praying to God to deliver him from his enemies. And here in these two verses, he describes, it's part of the description of his enemies. And also, uh, he's say, say, telling us what he's going to do. Actually, he's telling the Lord here. But Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him, deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, 
O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Or maybe somewhere it says your image. I, I have some questions here. Was David without portion, without treasure, without children? He had all of this. In some other places, David says, uh, I'm poor and needy. Oh, poor king. Let's make offering for King David. He's starving. He, no, he's, he's talking about something else. He's standing before God and says, wow, I'm so empty. I'm so poor and needy and desperate without you, Lord. That's why David, when he was rebuked from, from, from the prophet when he did some crazy charismatic things, Yeah, you know the story, slept with his friend's wife, then he organized a plot for him, I wanted to hide it. When he was rebuked, and then we read in his prayer, he says, Lord, um, uh, give me back the, uh, the joy of the salvation, and don't take away from me your Holy Spirit. He was ready to leave the kingdom, to leave the image and the throne, the crown, and everything, but not the presence of God. Because he was a person who was seeking God. And the more he was seeking God, the more he, he was finding out how much he needs him. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That doesn't mean people, uh, poor people, like from material uh, poverty, or doesn't mean people that don't have any knowledge of God, or it means hearts that are always open for more of God, seeking God, ready to receive every day. No, oh, what was yesterday was cool, but today is a new day. God, you have more. I need. I'm poor and needy. And I hunger when we are full and we don't realize our spiritual poverty and need. Then we are satisfied with very little. Uh, Jesus said this is eternal life, to know the God who is one and Jesus Christ who he has sent. Eternal life is not just saying a prayer, I receive Jesus in my heart, please forgive my sins. It's knowing God. It's walking with God. It's relationship with God. Otherwise, it's, it's just a religion. It's not real eternal life that is already in us. So, and, and David here says, yeah, I, I have also these things, but I will do something different. My focus will not be on this. My satisfaction will not be on what I have material around me and my position. I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Satisfaction, plenty, to have in abundance of your likeness, of your image, of what God is uh, reflecting and like a radiance coming out of him. But also, the image of God, this is Jesus himself. In Colossians 1.15, Paul says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. God has forbidden 
the people to, to create image and to bow and worship uh, before this image. Why is that? Because God has provided an image which we should worship. And this is Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. So we as, uh, as believers, we can wake up with new expectation, with, uh, with new longing. Lord, your face to shine upon me. Lord, I seek relationship with you. I want your presence this morning. Feel me. You have more for me. I need, I know I need it, and I know you have more. So, this is you. I want you. I long you. I desire you. Um, while, be, before we started this time of fast and prayer in our church, we had a day for fast and prayer only for, for, the, for the leaders, the leadership. And uh, while we were praising, worshiping God and praying, um, God showed me one picture from, it's from a revelation where Jesus is walking among the lampstands, lamb which are the churches. And in, um, in Revelation 1.14, uh, Jesus is described like this. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And suddenly this picture was in my mind and something that I realize in my heart is that what sets us on fire is when we seek the face of God, when we have relationship with Him. And this fire that is in His eyes, uh, it uh, comes into our hearts and then we, we burn for Him. And then we are uh, on flame for Him. So that's where fire comes in our life, seeking the face of God, to draw near too long more when we wake up in the morning to open our hearts the first thing lord more of you lord i want you i need you feel me you and me i knew and i finish with just with this example you know when there's a big fire somewhere uh, and then they do investigation how did the fire start from where and sometimes it's from very unexpected places. In this garage, how someone was working with something and just a little, uh, or just a little spark. You cannot expect that it will start from there. But the whole neighborhood is burned burn down, for example. So the fire in, in, in our lives will, will start from somewhere. <laughs> and it, yeah, maybe it's... Uh, uh, we expect we go on a conference and the fire of God will come. Yes, we go somewhere. We refresh ourselves. We, we, are, we are touched with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God. This inspires us. But the, the most uh, powerful way is when we seek the face of God. And this flame from the eyes of Jesus come to our hearts. We are set on fire. Yeah? Like John Wesley said, I said, myself on fire and the people came to see me burning uh, and yeah he was burning <laughs> but every one of us can burn like this for, for Jesus amen can I pray for you hallelujah Lord we thank you for your words we thank you that you love us Jesus thank you that you came on this earth 
to make a way to the Father. And you are the way. You are this connection, living connection. Not a, a, a Wi-Fi connection that comes and goes, but your living connection. Thank you that you brought us relationship with God. You came, Jesus, to bring us back to the Father, back home, to restore us in the presence and in the glory that, uh, for which we were created. Thank you, Jesus. We, we, we pray that uh, the flame uh, from your eyes will uh, uh, burn in our hearts, that we will be on flame for you. We, we pray that we come closer to you and to know you more and to live in relationship with you, not just religion. We, we repent and we, we ask you, Lord, forgive us of religion. Forgive us of our superficial and passive faith and way of living and uh, lukewarmness. Forgive us, Lord. Clean our hearts and set us on fire for you. You have more for us. Forgive us that we were uh, content with very little. And there's so much more from you for our lives. We open our hearts. Fill us, Lord. Draw us near to you. We want to know you more and to make you known in this world. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Tetsi. Thank you.